Welcome to another session with the Market Dominance Guys, a program exploring all the high-stakes speed bumps and off-ramps of driving to the top of your market with our host, Chris Beal from Connect and Sell and Corey Frank from Branch 49. Chris and Corey welcome Gerhard Geschwantner, the CEO of Selling Power and an advocate for nonverbal sales communication. Gerhard emphasizes the importance of being of one's own energy, as sales is a transfer of energy. They talk about the challenge of losing cultural underpinnings when not being on site with customers and how finding the right connections that can help you learn and grow is important in gathering energy. Chris Corey and Gerhardt's experiences and insights provide valuable lessons for salespeople and individuals looking to improve their energy and become their authentic selves. They emphasize the importance of using technology as a natural extension of yourself, finding the right connections to learn and grow, taking action and engaging with the world to build self-discovery and accepting mortality to improve energy and focus. In this episode of Market Dominance, guys, sales energy, the importance of being an omni-channel salesperson. And we are off once again. Welcome to another episode of the Market Dominance Guys with the Sage of Sales, the Prophet of Profit, the Hawking of Hawking, Chris Beal, and of course, yours truly, Corey Frank. We've had a lot of guests. I'm not going to embarrass Gerhard a little bit, but I don't think there's many guests that we've had on 170 plus episodes, Chris, where I actually had pictures on my wall as a young aspiring sales rep of the product of Gerhardt's here. So we'll welcome Gerhard Schwantner, the CEO, founder, sales thought leader extraordinaire for, gosh, a lot of years, probably back since, what, 1980 or so, I think Selling Power has been around, right, Gerhardt? So welcome to the Market Dominance, guys. Thrilled to have you. Of course, Gerhardt, not only Selling Power and Thought Leader, one of the original members, the OGs of the Sales Enablement Society, and the, I think, the founder of probably the most timely conference in our profession today, Sales 3.0, up in Vegas. Usually it's where it is, right? So welcome, Gerhardt. Chris, what did you have to bribe, promise, cajole Mr. Schwatner here to get him to come back again, once wasn't enough, back again to our humble little podcast here? Well, I promised him I would actually burn a copy of the rules of golf on the first tee the next time we play so that there is no evidence of the existence of the rules of golf. And because he plays by his own rules that involve enjoyment, and I just don't want to get in the way. So that's that was my bribe. I second that because I will not allow official PGA rules to interfere with my natural excellence. <laughs> well, those are live rules, I think, right? The, you prefer the live rule book, I think, is it's a whole new addendum to the, the old PGA stodgy rules. So how did a physicist and a sales thought leader here, how did you guys even stumble across each other? Is it pre-connected sale? Is it during connected sale? Let's talk a little bit about that. Oh, gosh. Garrett, do you recall how we met? Because I do. You probably don't. I probably don't. Boston, I think 2011 very, very early on in my career at Connect and Sell. And it was a sales 2.0 conference. <laughs> and we were sponsoring, Connect and Sell was sponsoring. We had met and chatted a little bit, but the shocking thing was I was about to present in a breakout. And back then, breakouts would have some people in them. I think I remember counting 
something like 87 people in this breakout. And I always count the people in a breakout, whether I've ever told you this or not. I'm a former card counter. So I, I right. have this thing about counting things, right? So I count these 87 people and I'm about to go up on stage or in front of them. It wasn't an actual stage. And Gerhard walks in, sits down in front of the audience and says the following. He says, there are X products in the world of sales technology or sales enablement, something like that right now is a big number is 637 or whatever. And he said, there's only one of them that works, connect and sell. Listen carefully to what Chris Beal has to say. And he walked out. And I tell you what, Gerhard, I have owed you ever since that day. Wow. I remember that session and people stayed in your session and they walked out impressed. Well, I yelled at him. It helped. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You're offering a solution that really pays for itself. I call it a no-brainer. Half an hour before this conversation here, I was on Connect and Sell and connected with people. I use it all the time. That warms the cockles of my extremely black heart. <laughs> There you go. We expect uh, Chris Beal on the cover of Selling Power, the virtual magazine here in the coming months, the coming quarters, I'm sure. So we got a couple of things to talk about now that we have, we have Gerhard and then Chris fresh off the pre-release of the Market Dominance Guys book, which we can talk about. It's advancing technologies in sales. And Gerhard, you were an early proponent, advocate, shedder of light in the nonverbal sales communication methodologies, the NLPs. I mean, it's always been a big piece. A lot of your conference sessions, are. we talk about that. And it'd be interesting with Zoom, and Chris, I know you have some opinions on this too. When the old school, I'm going to sell Gerhard something, I'm going to show up at his office and I have my wares and you're behind your desk or you're in the conference room and I'm standing up, you can read a lot about nonverbal communication there. And then we move to the past two years or so, two plus years or so with COVID and Zoom. So let's start with there before we get into the advanced chat GPT and how that's affecting sales. But what did you see that maybe was lost from the traditional nonverbal communications that us sales folks have that maybe we missed moving to COVID and how you get back to that after COVID, now that people are actually seeing people face-to-face -face again? Well, I think that salespeople need to be aware of two things. One is their own energy, uh, because selling is a transfer of energy. And the energy can come in person, but also the energy can also travel digitally. So when I send you a little video with me shaking hands with a cat in a caption, deal close, question mark, then it gives you a jolt and you smile. So I think that what we need in the future is proficient omni-channel salespeople that need to use technology as an extension, as a natural extension of their own personality. Mm -hmm. As you saw, certainly your team went to the face-to-face -face test drives where you would fly in parachute into these larger organizations and do one day test drives, shake everybody up and then hit the button and then everybody would leave. And you had to transfer a lot of your business to do that virtually. But what do you say with what Gerhard is saying as far as that transfer of energy? Because you have the vehicle that is creating this, it's this kinetic energy machine. 
And then you have the dynamics of your entire team going up and down the aisles and watching the ticker go up. And how did that change for your business? And what do you have to say to that? Well, it's kind of funny because we made that transition on essentially the 1st of April, 2020 to 100% virtual. And we did it on the same day that I wasn't even paying attention to it because it was the same day that our entire team in India went home. And that was much scarier because the infrastructure in India, in people's homes and apartments for doing their jobs was much iffier, much more varied. Pretty much all we do in business is variety management, right? If there were no variety, we wouldn't have to do any management. So the more variety there is, and then the closer it is to the beating heart of what you do, the more attention you pay. And if you're not capable of doing anything about it, the more freaked out you are. So I paid no attention during that entire first week to anything other than, are we up and running? And the answer turned out to be miraculously, yes. I have no idea how it happened. It's just really good people. They prepped for it. They had no time. They got it done. Then I looked at the results from the test drives. And we did that week, if I recall correctly, I think we did nine test drives. So nine virtual test drives. Test drives are, I don't know if we've talked about them here on the show, but it's a full production experience of connect and sell and connect and sell is like once Gerhard provided me with the opportunity to jump in a the driver's seat of a Ferrari 455, this car I chose, and take seven laps around a sort of simulated Formula One course. And I can tell you that that's a special experience, right? It's not just that it flattens your eyeballs, but there's somebody yelling at you, break, break, break hard, break hard. And then you're supposed to hit this thing called an apex and God knows what's going to happen. And after about three laps, you start to settle in. And by lap seven, it's like, can we just keep doing this for a long time? And the answer is no, we only paid for seven laps. (laughs) Our test drives are like that. You hop in, you're nervous, flattens your eyeballs, you go crazy. Lots of things happen and then everybody settles in. What was so interesting to me is the action of talking to other people instead of us simply took over anyway. So it turned out that there's never been a difference in close rates or anything else. All that's happened was we saved $55,000 a month in travel. And we lost one of the cultural underpinnings of our company, which was not being on site with the customers, but being on site with each other. And so we worked very hard afterwards to keep the energy up in the company that was lost because we weren't hanging with each other the night before. And we weren't post-morteming at the bar afterwards. And that cultural disconnect was much, much more challenging than the change in the sales process itself, whether we interacted with the prospects locally or remotely. And we had to do something about that. Because mm-hmm. we were already virtual. We were virtual in 2014. When I became CEO, I sent everybody home. And I was very comforted by the fact that customer success and sales would be in the field every day in different mixes because you didn't get to decide who you went with. And so it was a mix and get to know party. And I was on the road back then 110 to 120 days a year. Some conferences mostly mm-hmm. test drives. And so I also have my finger on the pulse. So Gerard talks about energy. The challenge of energy is you got to find it somewhere. You don't just, some of us wake up with more than others, but you got to gather it around you before you bring it forward. Gerhard puts on a peak performance mindset or used to, I don't know if you still do it, retreat. And really what happens at the retreat is everybody gathers energy from each other. 
and from special people like John DeVore, the world skydiving champion, the captain of the Red Bull sky flying team or whatever, who sadly was terribly injured recently. And Gerhard tells me he's now walking again. But those connections that you make when you're on site with people, those are the cultural glue that allows you to bring the energy and transmit the energy. And I think that's where the big challenge is. I you think that everybody needs to connect with uh, sources of energy. And it is amazing to me, every time I interviewed somebody for a cover of Selling Power, like Corey, you mentioned earlier, Brian Tracy, you get into that mindset of that other person and spending time with people like Oprah or Bill Clinton or Donald Trump or any Malcolm Forbes who was on the cover it gives you a glimpse of their perspective of the world. And I think we need a more nuanced and differentiated perspective. The way we look at the world is one point of view. And in order to help a client, we need multiple points of view. Larry Wilson once said that your point of view is the point from which you view. Therefore, you don't know where you stand. Because <laughs> you're standing there. <laughs> and so to me, energy is a question of connections, the right connections that can help you learn and grow, but also exposure to the right amount of ideas. You get a different level of ideas from TikTok than you get from Aristotle when you read it. Ooh. Has anybody done Aristotle as a TikTok? I bet they have. <laughs> Well, he was invited and it declined to show up. Oh, God, that guy. So close-minded. He's down at the <laughs> he's down at He's down at the sea. So it's fascinating, Gerhard, about the energy and all the folks, the Mary Kays and the George Foremans and the Bernhardt, right. et cetera, trying to think, oh, my, Anthony right. Robbins, right? All these over the years. Did, they, did you, when you did the face-to-face -face interviews, did you feel the energy Right when you were sitting down, did you? Uh... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember exactly where I was sitting in Don Tony Robbins' castle when he was pounding his chest and energizing himself and talking about making money in his sleep. Or I remember the biceps of George Foreman in New York at a studio. It's really humbling to shake hands with someone where you think you're midget in, in comparison. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment after a quick break. Connect and Sell. Welcome to the end of dialing as you know it. Connect and Sell's patented technology loads your best sales folks up with eight to ten times more live qualified conversations every day. And when we say qualified, we're talking about really qualified, like knowing what kind of cheese they like on their impossible whopper kind of qualified. Learn more at connectandsell.com. <laughs> And we're back with Corey and Chris. Let me tell the audience something about Gerhard. So I have had the opportunity to greet Gerhard very, very many times. Dozens, right? These are always like first time at the conference or before the conference. And every time I am shocked by the same thing, which is I give him a hug and I go, oh my God, I've never felt anybody's shoulders and back and all that that are as rock hard as this guy. It makes me actually jump every time. I flinch <laughs> at his fitness, which is 
So it, the George Foreman effect doesn't require having massive biceps. You can also simply be looking like, uh, yeah, I'm just standing here being a normal guy. And then you realize, oh, oh, no, no, that's made of marble or something underneath there. Uh, since you bring it up, that energy when we get together, I remember at the mindset retreat, you came in spite of the fact that your wife has recently passed. And I checked into my hotel room and it was a Four Seasons. And there's usually there are some books in the room. And among the many books, I picked one up and it was a, a book of poems. And I opened it up and I got to one poem. And it made me instantly think of you and your sorrow. And then I took the book with me and push the elevator button, the elevator door open, and who was in there was Chris Beal. And there were four other people, and I handed him the book. And I said, look at this page. And he was reading the poem. And all four people in the elevator, they were totally floored by that experience, because it was so spiritual, so moving, because that poem offered a perspective on life and the arc of life in a Zen-like way that there was healing. And I had no idea how I thought about doing that, but I just, it felt like the right thing to do. And Chris, how did you feel about that? Oh, I'm still moved by it. I can barely talk right now. So it was a combination of your thoughtfulness, the material itself, and then what would have generally been seen as a coincidence. And I'm not a believer in sort of like there's coincidences that have magic behind them. But I think when you bring the energy of life to your everyday experience, especially in sales, when we're bringing energy to others, many, many interesting things happen that would not have happened otherwise. That is those who don't pick up the book like you did, or don't have that thought or don't take the action. They don't have any magic coincidences either because they're not out there. That was one where we got to stick to each other and it changed everybody in that elevator. I mean, they were just there. They were just on board. The, you right. know, we were all in the same little room as one of my Vietnamese friends said, you know, an elevator is just a little room that goes up and down on a rope. <laughs> so we were in that little room going up right. and down on a rope. The door opens and there's a moment of lifetime magic. It wouldn't have happened without you being who you are. If we go back further, it wouldn't happen without us having many times come forward in situations where others might have hung back with each other or with right. people that we were around. Right. I think that opens another dimension. I remember doing an interview with Dr. Wayne Dyer, who wrote the best-selling book, Your Erroneous Zones. And he said, we call ourselves human beings, but we are spiritual beings in a human body. Yeah. Well, let's turn into the, the Lenten episode here about our own mortality very, <laughs> very, very quickly. I love those stories. Chris, from when the times that you meet Gerhardt, and Gerhardt, you've been on stage in front of thousands and thousands of folks and certainly interviewed some of the titans in our space. Can people get better at that energy awareness? Can they, especially in our profession, because part of it, I may have a killer product I may have an incredible presentation that my marketing team gave. I have the latest Mac. I got the best Lumen projector. 
Right? It's the, the perfect day out. It's a 10 o'clock meeting. There's plenty of time left for lunch. But yet I just don't transfer that energy. Can I get better at that? Have you seen folks that you've met over the years turn and yeah. tap into that? See, the energy is always there. What is also present in many people's minds is a lot of noise. And the noise comes from the past. NIH has a study that shows that we're experiencing 60,000 thoughts a day. And 80% of those thoughts are automatic. But also, 80% of those thoughts are negative. And the negative thoughts come from the circumstances of your childhood where you create a narrative as a child and you tell yourself this is the way the world works. However, the story that you fabricate is actually not true because your brain wasn't formed completely when you were a child. So you need to go to multiple revisions of the story of who you really are. And most people have what I call a guiding fiction for their lives that's faulty. And we need to challenge that fiction and rewrite the story of who we really are. So once we become our authentic selves, the energy flows freely. But if we are not, we have that energy interference in form of negative thoughts. And that is a difficult situation to be in because your best version of you is stamped by your faulty story. Wow. Yeah, Chris, what about you? Did you see folks get, as Gerhard said earlier, about the right connections, the right type of people, the right information, the right books, the confidence, right? You can build that energy. Do you see that with folks, certainly in your world, hiring salespeople over the years and meeting with clients that they're different? They exude a different power, energy, as you see them over the years. Yeah, I think there's so many ways that we go about learning who we are. And one of the ways that we go about learning who we really are is by finding out what we can do and that we might not have thought we could do. So at Gerhardt's peak performance mindset retreats, there were people who didn't know that a thing that they could do is jump out of an airplane. In fact, I was with somebody in an airplane who was pretty convinced she could not jump out of that airplane. And we were up there 10,000 feet in the air above a beautiful, lovely field below. But there are a lot of things in her that said this wasn't a good idea. And it's not a big skill, by the way. She wasn't jumping out of the airplane in a way that required a great deal of skill. It took some. You had to get your feet out. For me, that was a little hard because it was a little tight. I got long legs, but she needed to do that, to exercise, that was a skill of courage or a skill of commitment. And she was quite transformed by it. When we got on the ground and we spoke afterwards, she was quite transformed Mm. because that was something that let her meet herself through doing, which is, I think, something that's really important for us because Garrett says, well, we're spiritual. We're also animals and we move. And the animal brain is built for movement. A sentence is pretty much little more than taking the movement we do in the world and reducing it to sounds that represent different parts of the movement and how we would interact with them. 
So the idea that these nouns and verbs and all this somehow float free out in the world makes no sense. They, they have to do with us as animals moving through the world. That's the difference between us and plants, right? Plants defend themselves with chemicals. Animals defend and offend as we do through motion. We, go, we don't stay in one place and wait for the action to come to us. So that process, I think, is when we do guided action, like flight school is like this, right? Flight school is not a theoretical exercise that we offer. It has a speaking component at the very beginning, which is just get confident that somebody else knows a good way to talk to somebody that you just ambushed. Right? Mm -hmm. But it's in the doing that our flight school students actually find out who they are. And when they find out that they are that person who can do the hardest thing in sales, which is to turn an ambush into a triumph for the other person, right? That you can be of service to somebody by ambushing them. When they do that and they do it and they do it, it's, it changes them because they then find out who they are. The narrative now includes, I can do this. And I can do it and I can enjoy it, which is yet another right. part of what we might learn about ourselves is something that we can enjoy that we didn't know that we can enjoy. So I think that it's often thought these are very deeply introspective situations, behaviors, action settings in which we, we engage in self-discovery. I think that's not generally the case. I think sitting around and introspecting tends to lead you into the same thoughts that you were having beforehand, except more of the negative ones are likely to show up because you, you don't have the world helping keep you sane. I, you might've heard this from me before, Corey. I'm reasonably convinced it's our interactions with the actual world out there, people, things we're trying right. to do, but I, I, I cannot, that actually give us sanity. I cannot emphasize enough the fact that our strivings, our fantasies, our thoughts are really driven by the unconscious. So in the case in point with Chris Beale, when he moved to... Arizona from Baltimore, as a kid, he discovered something totally new, nature, and he was out there alone. But he found something in his house that there were books everywhere. <laughs> and he was curious, and he opened the books, and he was reading adult books as a six or seven-year-old. So he tried to understand and explore the world outside and inside, inside the mind. And all those explorations, driven by his curiosity, driven by his relocation, moving to another state, created a mindset that is always expansive, that always looks for new wonders like ChatGPT. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's two things to me last night, Gerhard. She said... You know, don't ever stop doing this crazy stuff that you do. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think the older we get, for me anyway, and I know some people see it differently, I think it's easier to be curious and to engage and explore things that are new and interesting than when we're younger. And it's because we're on a more solid stance with regard to who we are. <laughs> Selling a big idea to a skeptical customer, investor, or partner is one of the hardest jobs in business. 
So when it's time to really go big, you need to use an uncommon methodology to gain attention, frame your thoughts, and employ a successful sequencing that is fresh enough to convince others that your ideas will truly change their world. From crafting just the right cold call screenplays to curating and mapping the ideal call list for your entire TAM, Branch 49's modern and innovative sales toolbox offers a guiding hand to ambitious organizations in their quest to reach market dominance. Learn more at branch49.com. Never miss an episode. Go to any of your favorite podcast venues and search for Market Dominance Guys or go to marketdominanceguys.com and subscribe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.